turn your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. The book of Isaiah, chapter 6. Book of Isaiah chapter 6. The book of Isaiah chapter 6. In the book of Isaiah, there is this chapter there that I want us to quickly look at. We will still come back here. We are not likely to dwell here today, but let's speak something there. Isaiah chapter 6, and I will be reading from verse 1 from the New King James Version. Follow in your own translation. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, I and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and you your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who shall go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people. I'm stopping at the A part of verse 9 for today. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to restrict myself a little bit today in, in terms of this chapter to just 
the verse 8 and 9. Verses 1 to 7 are so very important. But we won't focus on those verses particularly today. Our focus for this morning is just going to be around that verse 8 and 9. If you look at it well, after the encounter that Isaiah has had, Isaiah said, in addition to the encounter, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The first thing you will notice there is that it appears to me that the Lord is always looking for someone to send. It appears to me that whatever God work God does in the life of a man, it is preparatory for the purpose of sending. Does that does that come across to you? It appears that all the all the wonderful things. Isaiah had experienced and the work that was done in his own life, they were actually preparing him to be in a position that God can send him. And I want you to Take it from me this morning that God is always and ever looking for a people to send. And what do I mean by send? I'm talking about a people, as you shall see shortly, a people to represent him. Bear his name. Carry his glory. And deliver his message. Did you see that there? The whole heaven was full of his glory. But you will know that the purpose of God is bigger than the whole heaven being filled with his glory. The purpose of God is that the knowledge of his glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Is that point clear? Do we understand that bit? That is the ultimate desire of God. That his knowledge, be, the, the, his glory may not just 
the heavens, but his glory may also be apparent to men on earth. So God is looking for a people who will represent him, bear his name upon them, carry his glory, and deliver his message. even on earth, before the entire creation. And when I mean message, I'm even talking about his testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I think someone will be excited about that. Yeah. We are not just talking about errand boys who you just like sending around for no purpose. We are talking about a people who can carry his name, a people who can carry his glory, a people who actually can represent him. That's the word. Amen. However, this morning, you will notice from that same verse, if the Lord has done something in the life of a man, I was expecting God to simply say, Mr. Isaiah, come, let me send you. You know God did that to some people. Yes, he appeared to Moses. And said, I've prayed to you so that I can send you. There was no question about that. But in this case, it seems to be a general open call. Whom shall I send? The clear thing you will see, first of all, in that place is that not everyone is sendable, not every available vessel is usable. <laughs> you didn't understand that. If everyone were sendable, then there will be no question of who shall I send. Whereas God is interested in sending people, as we shall see shortly, yet, it's not everyone that he can send. Not everyone is in a position to be sent. Hallelujah. Amen. And the second leg of that is who will go for us? There's also a question of willingness. Someone may be in a position to be sent, but may not be willing to go. You know they have the capacity, they are capable of being sent, because all the necessary preparation
that they needed to deliver has been given to them. But they may not be willing to go. And one of the things you will notice throughout the scripture is that the issue of the will of a man in terms of being used of God, God cannot, God does not override. It gives every man the opportunity to freely express their will. It will encourage, it will appeal, but the will of a man is very important. In whatever God wants to do in and through the man. And that's why the scripture in Psalm 110 tells us, in the day of his power, his people shall be willing. Even in the day of God's power, God will still not force people. God will still not push, you know, comp- push people against their own will to be vessels in his hand. These two aspects of divine dealings, I want us to to keep them in our heart because we are going to, God is going to help us to expand on this. But for this morning, the topic we'll be dealing with is, can the Lord send you? Can the Lord send you? I think that is, something we all need to ponder over. Can the Lord send me? Can the Lord send you? It's a question I want us to ponder over. And the reason we are looking at this is, don't think we are deviating from our theme for the year. Ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a sent man or woman. Are you getting it? Every ambassador is sent. They must be sent. You can't send yourself. You must be sent. Hallelujah. If you want to be an effective ambassador for Christ, the Lord must have the confidence to send you. This is where Matthew 22 verse 14 comes to mind 
where, this, where Jesus was saying, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you know why? To become chosen is actually dependent on your response to the call. <laughs> Do you understand that? If you call and someone has not responded, how do you choose them? You remember that the invitation to that wedding feast was sent to very many people and important people for that matter. They were called, but they could not be selected for the party because they did not respond to the call. So the response of every man, the attitude to the call of God actually determines what your place will be in the plans and purpose of God. It depends on what God can use you for. You will remember that even among those who came for that wedding feast in that Matthew 22, you remember that there was a man there who actually came but refused to change his garment. Did you, do you remember that? Because no one actually had the right kind of garment from outside. I'm sure that must have surprised you. When they were picked from the street, from the by road, from the highways, they didn't have the garment because it wasn't as though they had it. But I presume in my heart that as they were coming, everyone was asked to say, well, the king wants you to be to appear well. We are going to give you a new robe. You are going to go into changing room. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We are going to change you. You are going to wash. You are going to have a dress. The king has already prepared something for you. One man for some reason, sneaked in and said, I don't need the king's garment. I have my own. Are you following me? And he was not fit for the party. So how did you come here without the right kind of garment? He came, but he only came to see. He, he didn't come to comply with the king's arrangement for the party. And I'm praying that the Lord will help us. I don't know why I have to say this. That even in responding to the Lord, you must also comply with his instructions. You must not rely on what you think you know. You must submit yourself to the divine instruction to make you fit, appropriate for whatever occasion that the Lord might want to send you into. Does that make sense to us this morning? Amen. Amen. This is why no one can sidetrack obedience yes. in the quest to be an instrument 
a vessel in the hands of the Lord, suitable for sending. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And so this morning, I want to quickly proceed by just looking at a few things this morning that are essential, they are crucial for a man whom God will send, for a woman whom God will send. Do you know that the ideal thing would be for every citizen of a nation, isn't it, to be able to be good ambassadors of the nation, isn't it? But you know that that's not, that's, that's hard to find. So in the kingdom of God, that among those who have even become citizens of heaven, God is still looking for who can I send, who will represent us appropriately, who will ably represent us, who can I, can I send. There's one, one man I admire his title, you know, the way the Bible described him in the, in the scriptures. And I'm going to pick a few things just now of how important this matter is to God. Turn with me to John, John chapter one. I just want you to note that this is the way God wants all of us to be described. You know Mr. John the Baptist? John the Baptizer? If you go to verse 9, no, did I say verse 9? No, I mean verse 6 of that John, it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, a man sent from God, a man sent from God, whose name was John. A man sent from God, whose name was John. And that's the way God wants all of us to be described. There is a woman sent from God into Manchester, whose name is dupe. You, you, you understand what, what I'm talking about? There is a man sent to whatever corner in this city whose name is Charles. Amen. Amen. You're getting the point I'm making? You appear like our brother David in the place of work, having been specially chosen of God, privileged of God, blessed of God. And people say, there is a man sent into this workplace whose name is David. 
Would that not be a sweet name for any one of us to, to bear? Yes, sir. The people who come across you said you are a godsend. You, you understand what I'm what I'm talking about? And actually, this is the way God wants all of us to be described. The neighbors we say, there is a man in our neighborhood sent by God. How sweet would that be if that is the way we are viewed by people around us? Just think about that in a moment. That whoever comes across you by the time they've left, they will say, that is a man. That is a woman sent from God. That was the testimony concerning John. You know that that was not because of his dressing. His dressing was not fantastic. It wasn't because of special food, physical food that he was eating. But one thing you cannot rule out of his life is that this was a man sent from God. Is somebody following me this morning? Amen. When we talk about being ambassadors, that's exactly what he's saying, what we are talking about. But how many of us have come to such a stage where we can be described as such? Look at what followed. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Today, I'm not going into the purpose of sending, but you can simply see that he was sent with a mission, with a purpose, to bear witness, to testify, so that others, through his testimony, might believe. Does that, not, does that not sum up our life? That is that the purpose of sending is that we might be a witness, credible witnesses, effective witnesses, that others might believe. Is this message too hard for us this morning? Are we following this? Yes. A man, a woman, sent from God. How do we, in the next few minutes, how do we begin to enter into that? How do we begin to, be, to, 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 to meet Divine expectation for sending. And you will see what 
some things Jesus said. Turn with me now quickly to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. You will know that this is one of my favorite script verses, I mean, verses in the scriptures. Chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. In Mark chapter 3, if you go with me to verse 13, it says, and he, talking about Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. Look at what happened next. And they came to him. There was a response from them, isn't it? He called the people to himself. And there was a response. They came to him. In case someone is hearing me today, who has not responded to the call of God, you have been hearing it. There's a witness in your heart, God wants you. I challenge you in the name of Jesus this morning, respond. It will be the, it will be the best step you have ever taken in your life. And it will be the best way to start a new year. You have procrastinated for far too long. This is your time to respond. If you can hear the voice of God saying, I love you, come to me. That's a great privilege. There are many who, have, who, who haven't heard that. And I send that message to you this morning. You come to me. He said, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy legend, and I will give you rest. Come to me is the word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Done. Are you getting the point I'm making this month? There's an appeal of the spirit to those who are still standing at the edges, at the fringes. Come, says the Lord. Call, says the spirit of the Lord. Don't ignore the voice of God. Don't ignore the call of salvation. It is the best step you can ever take in your life. Honor the lost invitation. And you will be one of the chosen ones. But look at what happened. Then he says, and they came to him. Then he appointed, he chose 12. That they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Verse 16 says, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, I've decided to read those names so that you know that we are talking about real people. They had names. God knows you by your name. He has your name. But you have to respond to his call first. But he said, he appointed them that they might be 
within and that he might send them. Can you see the purpose again? That they might be with him, that he might send them. He might send them to accomplish something on the earth. Brothers and sisters, that's what it means to be an ambassador. There is something, we have said it before, that you are here to accomplish on the earth, but you will never be able to do it until you respond to the call of God. And you position yourself by his help to be in a position where you are sendable. Not every available vessel is sendable. Are you following me? I've seen places where people have said, where I've been in this place for so long, no one is committing responsibility to me to do this, to do that. But the reality is, are they sendable? That's the first question. Are you following the point? It's not about length of stay. It's about being in a sendable position. And it is not just this 12. This 12, they are just to be prototypes. Are you following me? Prototypes. After which others will be modeled. So we are talking about something here. And the first thing I want to pick here is this. To be sendable, there must be a... We have already talked about honoring the invitation. But one thing that is there is this, that they might be with him. Personal relationship. Key. Personal relationship with the Lord. Personal relationship with the Lord. In the kingdom of God, if you want to be a material, a person, a man or a woman, who the Lord can send, in the sense in which we have said it just now, then the one thing that is indispensable is personal relation. That they might be with him, being with him, being with him, staying with him. All of us must cultivate the habit of being with the Lord. Personal relationship. Your relationship cannot just be general. Your relationship has to be personal. And we encourage, and I've said it before in this assembly, we call people to a personal relationship with God. We don't want to be a church where all you say is that the pastor said, the pastor said, it's good to coach your pastor. But if that is all you know, that's not sufficient. Are you following me? Personal relationship. Key. If you want to see anyone who has been successful in being an ambassador for, for, for God, for Christ, in being a, an effective witness, they have a personal relation that they might be with him. And the purpose of being with him is so that he can train and he can equip them. Which is, what, which is what we call discipleship. You must be a disciple of the Lord. 
with a personal relationship. Corporate fellowship, great as we are having it now, but personal relationship is indispensable. Establish a personal relationship that they might individually be with him. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. That's the first thing. I'll come to other places later. Is that first point clear? Yes, sir. Number two, and I'm going to go into that now, there must also be a people with personal encounters. And I, and I stress the word S. Personal encounters, not just one, but encounters. And what do I mean by encounters, divine encounters? What do I mean by that? Memorable. Memorable experiences with God. Memorable experiences. Everyone in a relationship with God, it brings them into memorable experiences. I've said I'm not going to talk about Isaiah for too long, in, uh, that Isaiah 6, but what happened there was a personal encounter, isn't it? A personal encounter. And everyone who must be in a position to be sent must be people who have personal encounters. Crave for it. Not just one. Crave for it. And we will expand on this as we go on. Your encounters with the Lord, you know, they, they equip you. They shape you. They mold you. Because you own them. Hallelujah. They are personal. They are dealings that others may not know. But you knew what happened to you. That's why Isaiah could not forget the year that it happened, when it happened, the occasion that it happened. In the year that King Uzziah died, it was memorable. All of us, as we journey with the Lord, desire those memorable times with God. And God loves to give people memorable times. It may be at the point, it may start at the point of your salvation. Yes, that's where it ought to start from. But it shouldn't just end there. It encounters, experiences of God at a personal level that are memorable to you. Something you can say. No, this is not, this is not, this is not something anyone has told me. I was there. Let's look, at the, let's look at Peter, the man, Simon, who was called Peter. I'm, I'm rushing now because of time, but let's go to 1 Peter. No, 2 Peter. In 2 Peter, 2 Peter, as we round up, I'll just pick this and we'll find a place to round up. 2 Peter, and I'm reading from verse uh, 16. Second Peter from verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables or stories when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory 
when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Can you see that? Relationship with God, they were with him and they had experiences. They encountered him. You remember what he was talking about? He was talking about the experience on the Mount of Transfiguration, which you could not forget. Yours may not necessarily be that, but yours will be peculiar to you. But what this man was saying is that, look, whatever I'm telling you, as a pilgrim, as an ambassador, they were not fabled. They are not stories. They are encounters that I have had with him. I'm talking to you as this. Saint men, they are product of divine encounters. That's exactly what I wanted to tell you. Amen. And we'll continue from here as the Lord helps us. Amen. Are you getting me? That is what God is asking us today. And the last point I want to make there, which I'm not going to make any reference to, and because we can draw it from here alone, is a personal testimony. Personal testimonies. Your relationship, your encounters, they, they give you personal testimonies. Something you can say confidently. Something you can declare confidently. And that's why we we're talking about testimonies on Friday. Your personal testimony, they are actually weapons for your effectiveness in the mission of God on earth. But they come through relationship, they come through encounters. And that's why all of us must desire it. May the Lord help us to be a people who are in relationship with God, who are enjoying dynamic encounters with the Lord, and who have personal testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen. This is where the Lord will have us stop for this morning. Amen. Bow down your heads as we just pray to God together. Can the Lord send you? Check your, your response to him. Have you responded wholeheartedly to his call, to his call to you? To his call out of his deep love for you. Have you responded to him? Or are you still dodging it? Wholehearted response to God is what you need. Respond to God wholeheartedly and say, Lord, I respond to you wholeheartedly, completely from the bottom of my heart. No arguments. Because I want to be that man you can send. Pray for your personal relationship with God that it will grow. And pray for yourself that out of your personal relationship with God, you will, you will have those memorable moments of experiencing God. Because God likes to give encounters to his people because he knows they build us. Pray that you will have testimonies that are personal to you. Testimonies of God that are personal to you. They are your instrument. They are your weapon for effectiveness. Even in this world. Pray. Some of you say, long time you have an experience with God you can refer to. Pray that this year you will have encounters with God, experiences of God. I'm not talking about weird things. I'm talking about just something you can remember. A time of fellowship, a time of meeting with God. Something you can hold through. 
and it will be your permanent testimony, increasing your conviction about God. And you can share that with others. I hope you know when you are listening to somebody who has an experience, their work comes with conviction rather than those who say, well, I'm not really sure. May God help us as a people in these areas mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And for those who are listening to me, if you need to give your life to Christ, the door is open to you. Just simply surrender where you are. Believe his love for you. Believe that he died for you. Ask him to forgive you your sin. And you will come into this relationship we are talking about and grow thereby. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. 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 Amen.